Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, we have Greg Dutcher. Greg, say hello. Hello. And we also have a good friend of mine, co-worker, J.R. Woolsey. J.R., say hello. Hello, hello. Um, J.R. is going to be joining us today. I want to give you a little um, background, so I'm going to turn it over to him, just uh, let you get to know him a little bit, talk about uh, family and career and what you do. And uh, so it's all you, J.R. <laughs> well, these days my life is defined mostly by my one-year-old. Um, <laughs> but by trade, I am beer man, if you will. Um, certified Cicerone. You can look that one up on Google if you'd like. Um, I'll spare you the explanation of that exactly. Just think of it as a beer sommelier, just the equivalent. Um, so I've been working in the beer industry for about a decade now at this point. Um, got a son. His name is Milo James Woolsey. And I have a lovely wife, Katie Woolsey, and we live in Joppa Town, so we're not too far away here from home at this point. And Nathan, again, good friend of mine too, coworker, friend, also my Manny, because he takes care of my son one day a week and does That's a right. wonderful job. Somehow he manages to get him to nap far better than me and my <laughs> wife. Um, I've gotten over that mostly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no bitterness there. Exactly. No, not at all. Not at all. Nathan gets the nap. <laughs> Daddy doesn't get to nap there. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's basically the definition of my life these days. I am working with Nathan right now at a liquor store, yep. running the beer, which he's actually going to be taking out of my hands as I transfer over to a beer distributor that I'll be working around with in the area and selling Nathan beer. So that'll be an interesting interface as that's that comes right. up. Wow. I, I get to say no, just like JR said no to all those other people. <laughs> JR, can I say how cool it is that you are called Beer Man? That's awesome. I think well, that is the coolest title. That's mostly my moniker. Actually, the, the old, this, Paul sold the place, but uh, I don't know if you guys know the JD Smokehouse down there in Canton Square. Um, the old owner, Paul, there was calling me that for years because he could never remember my name. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he just knew I was Beer Man because man. I would sit there and just talk to them about beer endlessly and preferably until they bought it or just while I was drinking a few pints with them. Man. Yeah. So I am here with Beer Man and Beer Manny. That's right. <laughs> nice. That that is an honor, man. So what does that make me, Nathan? Like beer weenie, um, apprentice. Beer yeah, apprentice. good. How about I, that? I, I'll take go. it. I'm an apprentice. I like it. Um, so <clears throat> the reason why Jr. is here with us, um, Jr. and I get into many different conversations at work. Um, Jr. is not a Christian, actually. Um, so we differ in what we believe. And um, he's just had a lot of questions, and so Greg and I invited him on to ask some of those questions about um, faith, religion, whether it be Christianity or other religions that he might have questions about, and we're just going to sit here and chat, and um, if JR doesn't have any questions, then we'll throw some at him, and hopefully we'll get a good conversation. And I'm just going to ask him questions about beer. Uh, so I'm I'm ready either any dead silences. That's right. I am ready. I got to ask you, Jr. Uh, do you have any dirt on Nathan? Because I'm looking for things to blackmail him with as this podcast goes on. Not really. Oh, no, man. actually, Nathan's a pretty clean guy. Yeah, um, yeah. If you want to get him riled up, though, ask him about the one uh, the other manager that works at the liquor store. Yeah. If anything, I, I won't mention his name here, but if you want to get Nathan riled up, that's the one thing that I'll see him get a little emotional yes, about. Yes. Nathan, is there any chance he'll be listening to this podcast? Um, probably not. Okay, good, good. <laughs> he'll, we'll... he'll say he did. Yes, okay. <laughs> oh, one of those guys. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Uh, um, well, actually, I might as well start out with this one I was joking with with Nathan yesterday. I mean, <laughs> Jesus, all about the wine. Why not the beer? Oh, <laughs> man, that's true, that's man. There's, you know, I don't think there is a New Testament reference to beer, but I think there is Old Testament. 
I believe there may be. I mean, beer actually goes far back further into um, just global history in general, too. I mean, it was in uh, the Sumerians had a uh, the first discovery of early man and beer was a uh, discovery of a it was a tablet found in, in Sumeria, which I guess was this was like around current day Iraq. Um, <clears throat> basically, it was a hymn to Ninkasi, who was the goddess of beer. Hmm. And it was basically, the song was essentially the recipe to make beer. Um, kind of cool stuff, interesting stuff. But yeah, again, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm sensing any pretentiousness on the part of Christianity here. <laughs> no, no, I hope not. That's but, not. Hey. Yeah, because didn't they... Um... I feel like I saw that on a documentary one time. Didn't they bury Egyptians sometimes with beer, beer and bread on their yeah, journey to find, the afterlife? Um, and... They would find remnants in um, old clay pots. As a matter of fact, a brewery called Dogfish Head makes a beer called Midas Touch, um, wow. which is based loosely on, well, essentially based on a discovery found, and it was King Midas. Um, don't ask me for references of time or anything like that. I'm assuming we're looking at, you know, BCE here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was actually remnants were found and they actually kind of like not like a DNA analysis, but basically analyzed the remnants of what was in this clay pot and found that there were precursors to beer in there. So they found like ancient yeast and everything else. And wow. This was actually a study done, I believe it was University of Pennsylvania, I want to say. I might be wrong here. It's been a long time since I've actually read this story and actually put it into thought and words here coming out. It's actually the first time it's coming out in a long time. Um, but basically, folks at the University of Pennsylvania, and they collaborated with Dogfish Head Brewing, who's um, owned by Sam Collagione, kind of a beer psychopath. Um, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful man. I've met him several times. He's the most genuine guy you'll meet in the beer industry, as a matter of fact. Um, just loves it, loves every moment of it, loves every day of it. But yeah, it was a project he's taken on. And if you've seen some of the other beers that those guys brew, he is kind of taking and like trying to revive old recipes and do different things. Wow, um, wow. Uh, is it true that the origin of uh, Coors Light came from Egyptian urinals? Am I... <laughs> Am I right on that? I mean, because the, the taste Maybe. definitely would lead me to believe that. Um, but. I don't know if they had flaked corn. Yeah. At the time. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been early process. Yeah. That they was had. it was it Beechwood aged? <laughs> no, well, that would be Budweiser. Yeah. Budweiser's the only one that does Beechwood <laughs> aging. Right. Oh, that's right. That's and if anybody's tasted a Budweiser before, actually, out of a lot of the domestic beers that are out there dare i say this getting ready to work for a miller coors distributor oh um, that's right i actually budweiser out of the big three of bud miller coors would be my preference yeah out of all of them yeah um, just i would agree core body version if anything um but yeah the beechwood is not so much imparting any kind of woody character to the beer it actually aids in um the conditioning period the lagering period if i you heard know, that which it's... is a storage period basically what's happening is the yeast is coming out of suspension and liquid so it's kind of like if you mix like way too much uh, chocolate, uh, you know, cocoa powder or something. Like yeah. If you're trying to make chocolate milk and eventually you find a whole bunch of it down at the glass. Well, this is something where the yeast cells will actually start, they call it flocculation is the term. Um, but basically the yeast cells start flowing down to the bottom and coming yeah. out of suspension. And the beech wood being down at the bottom of that tank actually creates a greater surface area than the tank itself for the yeast to come down onto. Wow. Um, that's one of the components of it. Okay. And, but yeah, I haven't really tasted Budweiser and said, you know, I really taste the beech wood. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I heard on a uh, beer podcast, Jr. that Beechwood is this is what they were saying. Is this right? It's almost the equivalent to sawdust. It, yeah, it's essentially neutral in flavor. It's not really imparting much character okay. to the beer. Um, Brilliant marketing, though, isn't it? 
to say oh, beechwood yeah, age absolutely. you think it's something you know really authentic and well, yeah the choicest hops malted barley and rice i think is what's actually printed on the outside of the label or at yeah. least it was at one point or another. right right um budweiser like any company's gone through several manifestations of their labeling so man it is what it is yeah <laughs> so the uh the super bowl commercial that budweiser did knocking craft beer oh man what, what's your take on that jr <laughs> I will start there again. Yeah, you know exactly how to get me riled up about things. That um, that commercial in particular was basically Anheuser-Busch's answer to the craft beer segment, which is basically starting to gain more share in the overall beer market. Um, craft beer geeks, uh, man, they get riled up. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, they get riled up. I mean... They really were upset about that one, though, too, because it's brewed the hard way. And then there's a certain irony to that commercial, too, where they even knocked about, like, you know, this isn't a peach pumpkin yeah, ale or something Yeah, it was peach pumpkin. Like yeah, yeah. And funny enough, they just had purchased probably within about a week before that commercial came out. Um, they purchased a brewery called Elysian Brewery, who makes several variants of pumpkin beers. Um, they're based wow. in Washington <laughs> State. And obviously, the advertising agency that was building this commercial, first of all, didn't know that was happening because it was a business dealing that they wouldn't have known about in the first place. Sure. Um, and yeah, second of all, the irony of it just happening at that particular time was quite funny to me, at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, people got really upset about that in the craft beer community as if it was the big beer taking a swipe at craft beer. I didn't necessarily myself see it that way. Uh -huh. um, I mean, all these products, just like people, everybody deserves to be on this earth. Same as these beers, they all deserve to be on this earth. They all have a time and a place, especially considering when we're talking about these beers that people in my world of craft beer will knock and, you know, demean and, you know, raise their fists in anger and revolution to. Um, those breweries aren't selling millions upon millions of barrels of beer because nobody likes it. Right, so, right, yeah. right. We have to face the realities of the world. And it's um, the craft beer community can be rather militant. Yeah. Um, um, actually, this is a nice little tangent into like things of like evangelism and things like that. Some of them will consider, you know, them as needing to be evangelists for craft beer. But <laughs> there's a certain point where you become, choose my words carefully, a jerk about it. Right. Basically. Right. And several of them can be that way, almost to the point where people don't even want to have a beer with them because they start going into these tangents about like, well, that beer you're drinking, you know, that is owned by this company and that company and the other. Really, at the end of the day, all we're doing with a bottle in front of us is just trying to relax and have a good time or do a podcast or whatever. Yeah. So, right. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. You almost got me. It's completely riled up. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you, you were very balanced. On that chart. I mean, I mean, part of it, every craft beer drinker in that commercial looked like such a, a total dweeb. They had these tiny little glasses. Uh, the guys had these like pointy goatees and you know, they, yeah. they I thought it was brilliantly crafted. Um, oh, absolutely. To, yeah. to do what they wanted to do. And I took it more as they were almost mobilizing their base you know, the guys that drink uh, Budweiser exactly. were, 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 were feeling more them. masculine. They were trying to pick them in. Um, also, too, just uh, in general, I mean, at least in our market here, the Miller Coors products far outperform the Anheuser-Busch products as far as like Bud Bud Light versus Coors Light, Miller Light. Um, just in general, the Miller Coors guys own more share in this market, too. And I don't know how that replicates across the rest of the country here. But when you have things like that coming out, yes, they are mobilizing a base. And they're also trying to bring newer drinkers into it, too. Yeah. Um, they're trying to get these, you know, younger age, like, you know, let's face it, kids drink underage. But they're trying to hit that, first of all, 21 and up. Right. Getting those new drinkers in and, you know, making them feel. It's almost like a, because, you know, here in America, we're all about proud about being blue collar and working hard and everything else. And that's kind of like some of the aura that they were trying to transfer yeah, no doubt. to people in that commercial. So, I mean, at the end of the day, like. 
it was a great commercial. I think craft beer people just they flipped out way too much. It almost looked ridiculous. I was <laughs> yeah. looking on Twitter at reactions. Oh yeah, I saw answer. some of that was, stuff. Wow, yeah, it yeah. Was terrible. Yeah, um, almost embarrassing. But hey, it is yeah. what it is. People are gonna get upset and yep. get passionate about certain things. And who am I to stop them? Yeah. for that matter. I just get a chuckle out of it. Yeah, well. <laughs> same. Uh, so um, actually, yesterday we were talking. Um, about evangelism. And um, I, mm-hmm. one of the questions that I have for you <clears throat> is, yes, J.R.U. Um, <laughs> he, he, he has no yeah, questions which, for me. You. Yeah, yeah I, I never have any questions yeah. for Greg. <laughs> yeah, I've already bored him by number six. So, yeah. <laughs> um, what can, because <clears throat> you and I have had many conversations, and I've, I've hoped they've all been good and, and you know well-received on both ends, and there's been no yeah. animosity or anything like that. But I'm sure you've also had conversations with people that have been obnoxious and there has been a lot of animosity. So tell me, because this is for a Christian audience, what can Christians do to make themselves less... Um, Jerky? Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, just in how me and you communicate with one another. I mean, granted, we're two unique people and we approach things somewhat from an intellectual level. Obviously, when you're talking about your faith and everything, you're coming from a slightly different direction, too, where I'm kind of, like, approaching it more from my head. Um, also, maybe I should take a tangent, too, and address real quick. Like you said, I maybe I don't consider myself a dyed-in-the-wool Christian or anything like that. I still have belief in a higher power and faith in something, but, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe call me agnostic, call me what you will, but... Um, I, I might have been a little bit jaded by religion and other things over the years here between growing up and, you know, a family that was loosely religious. I mean, my mom had us as, uh, baptized as Lutheran, which mm-hmm. was her faith growing up. Um, and then my dad was actually Catholic, baptized Catholic, but he was never practicing or anything like that. But I did get exposed to different things. And just with, you know, having been in churches and things like that as growing up, too, I always looked around at, you know, especially the Catholic places, too. Started, I'm not really trying to knock Catholics here, by the way, everybody. Um, but at the same time, you know, I look around and I see, you know, gold-laced curtains and these beautiful stained glass windows and all these plaques of, you know, whomever's donated the biggest whatever to the church and all that. I mean, that's all great, but I'm pretty sure that's not what the big guy had in mind hmm. um, for things, really. I mean, again, we go back a lot forth, too, but a lot of the, uh, I guess, the summation of some of our conversations about any of this, too, tends to be like, you know, just living a proper life or living life a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said yesterday, too, when we were talking about, you know, there's nothing you can do to get into heaven. Um, but for me, it's all about just living a life of treating others, with, you know, as you would want yourself treated, mm-hmm. um, you know, the do unto others kind of notion. Um, so anyway, I guess we're, 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 we're actually, we're getting to the evangelist. Oh, yeah, just, not to be jerks about it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, to compare it to my world too, it was always, um, as, as far as the world of beer is concerned too, imagine a guy in a bar waving a gun around telling everybody like, you know, you idiots, you don't know what you're doing. You're drinking that Budweiser and that Miller light. And you know, you people have no idea. These are owned by foreign companies. They use crappy ingredients. They've brainwashed you into drinking this stuff and thinking that, you know, nothing else exists. Um, outside of the craziness of that in general, um, it's far better to receive, you know, that type of information. While there is going to be some factual validity to some of the things they might be saying, it's better to just have that conversation. You just nudge the guy like next to you at the bar, be like, "Hey, you know, you like that? Let me tell you something about it." Mm-hmm. You don't have to be like overbearing about. Again, I'm kind of talking from a perspective of beer here too, but you don't have to be overbearing about anything. Somebody wants to listen to something. If they're interested in something, 
they'll sit there and they'll listen and they'll talk and they'll ask questions and it's good to have a small interface like that um I guess, I mean, as far as like, you know, the being in your face, it's, you know, the people that knock on my door at six o'clock at night when I'm trying to eat dinner. Um, matter of fact, though, actually, I had a great, it's funny, this all happened last night, as a matter of fact. Um, wait, wait, it's today's Tuesday. So, yeah, yesterday, actually, daytime, um, before I had to go into work with you, Nathan, um, a fellow from, uh, he was Jehovah's Witness, um, you know, rang the doorbell. I thought for a moment it was my neighbor, so I just go open the door up and... At this point, my son's kind of like, you know, as he does his little drunken walk um, <laughs> towards me in the front door, I'm opening the door and this gentleman sees me and my son and he's like, oh, you, I'm not going to bother you right now, man. I've been there. I've done that. And I'm just going to leave this on the door. And he was leaving me a pamphlet on the door. Um, I was like, no, I'll take that. I looked at it real quick. And I mean, much like a lot of that stuff, I didn't, uh, I threw it away, I'll admit. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, that's a whole completely different set of beliefs, though, too, than the facility we're sitting in here. Um, and it, I actually, I should. I'll ask that question in a moment. Because um, what delineation of faith are you here? Um, you guys don't necessarily subscribe to, you know, I'm Methodist, I'm Nazarene, I'm yeah, you know, no. Lutheran or anything like that. Yeah, so. no, we, um, I mean, we would just simply say we are, we're Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, we sure. wouldn't affiliate particularly with um, one specific uh, do- denomination mm-hmm. um, because we kind of do things um on our own really you know it's it's we we would follow we would say we follow the bible um and what it in what it teaches closely so we don't we don't necessarily follow um the baptist tradition um they're a little too um stringent for us um since we enjoy our beer and right now our (laughs) bourbon and um you know we you know but we don't necessarily follow the presbyterian way of things because we don't we don't baptize infants we believe in believer's baptism, which is once you once you make a conscious decision to accept Christ as your savior, then then comes the voluntary I want to follow Christ in baptism. Sure. Um so, you know, we wouldn't say that we actually follow one specific denomination in that regard. Um, but whatever the Bible has to say, we would say that is what we, we sure. follow. Sure, sure. And I'd say we're we're non denominational, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in, in 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 that sense. And you know, we're we're sort of a um yeah, you know, there's major truths that the Christian church has always embraced. Sure, uh, and universal across all these denominations. Sure, sure. And and then there's some issues like, you know, uh, baptism, Nathan just mentioned, the uh, way a church is governed, you know, whether you have a congregational rule or a, ruled by a bishop or a hierarchy or something. Sure, Those are yeah. the more debatable points. And then the um, hot-button issues of, you know... A- Abortion, contraception. I mean, uh-huh. I'm sure those are all different amongst all faiths too. Um, I've never asked you guys what that's necessarily as far as here is concerned. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Now I can see that there's a whole lot of vast differences amongst a lot of them. Sure, um, sure. I guess the Baptists. They, I had a friend that was Baptist. He would go to church for hours. <laughs> hours. <laughs> People feel that way when they hear me preach, you know, but it really isn't. Sure. It, it's more of an experiential length of time than an actual one. But yeah, uh, no, Gordon would lose his whole Sunday. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And you know, you know, a lot of that varies too culturally. Like um, more in the African American church, mm-hmm. services can go. I mean, it's common. You know, I've talked to guys that said, "Man, I go to church. I get there at eight a.m. Oh, what time to get out? Like three. Yeah, I'm like, I know, right? Three? Did you they mean pay three? You or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it, totally different cultural context. Oh, you know, absolutely. Where more well, I mean, in the suburban white church, we tend to be, you know, you start going more than an hour, people start getting right. restless. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Especially when uh, when football season comes around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, our 1130 service in the fall is uh, 
a little thin. thinner, a little thinner <laughs> so than the others. Well, I would imagine so, especially with your fantasy football players too. Oh, absolutely. Probably trying yeah. to get out and set lineups and everything. Yeah, and when all the <laughs> all the pastors here are fantasy football players and are wishing the sermon ends early, that tells you something. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> you know. Well, the pastor at my church, as a matter of fact, he would take off some Sundays to go watch the Giants game. Like, oh, is that right? <laughs> I mean, I grew up in New Jersey, so I, we were probably maybe forty five minute drive from Giant Stadium. And yeah, he, once twice a season, he would you know. There'd be a substitute, if you will. Wow, <laughs> man, he, he had, a, he had a hard fall this year. <laughs> wow, I feel yeah, for him, man. That was a tough season this year. Hey, well, I grew up with his daughter. I, I haven't kept in contact with them. I know the family's still all doing well, but he had a couple daughters. You know, they were great and wonderful. Um, you know, we were all in the same classes together growing up and everything that too. And it was, uh, you know, we call him, you know, pastor. Like we never, even as like my friend's father, I still called him pastor at the sure. same time too. So yeah, I mean, he was great though. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I wish I could take off a Sunday once in a while when I was a kid so I could watch Ren and Stimpy because it always came on. <laughs> it always start when church was going on. By the time I would get home, there'd be like two minutes to catch. I know. Yeah. And, and man, and no DVR back no then. No DVR man, back change, then. Yeah. On demand changes I'm 32, everything. So yeah, yeah, that's when phones still had cords. For right. That <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, um, actually, we did touch on one thing real quick since we're on like slight topics of drinking and stuff too. St. Patrick. Um, yeah. Remember I asked you about that yesterday? Yeah. Did you look that up? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because I, I actually didn't go back and re-look it up. Um, from what I remember, there was, um, I mean, the, the whole idea of what we now know as St. Patrick's Day is, you know, we're Americans, let's go drink. Because um, <laughs> yeah. really, even over in Ireland, they don't celebrate St. Patrick's Day the way we celebrate it here. You know, with the the green beer and the you know getting up in yeah. the morning and going out and drinking all day. And, dude, what about the corned beef and cabbage? <laughs> well, exactly. That, that's the only time of year I eat it. I know, right? Wow. Um, but from what I remember, he was he was just very instrumental um, in uh, just bringing um, Christianity to the nation. Yeah, and that's oh, okay. um, and and that's why he's recognized and and remembered over there is just a, a devout godly man um, in his own right in, in that regard. Um, but you know, we, we've kind of, you know, kind of like, uh, kind of like Cinco de Mayo and all that, you know, it's like you go down to Mexico, they're not really celebrating Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> all they're doing is packaging up beer. And that's right. <laughs> right. For, for our Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. He, he really was a, uh, really was a missionary. You know I mean? The whole, uh, legend is he drove the snakes out of Ireland mm-hmm. and all that stuff, which it's been a long time since I've read that. I'm fairly certain that's almost a symbolic story of sort of his influence and his winsome way about him, how he spread Christianity to this otherwise pagan, um, you know, basically sort of pre-Christian Celtic yeah. empire. Because mm-hmm. um, you had a lot of the pro. I mean, you know, you look at the Druid culture and things like that, they were very involved in sacrifices and um, you know, all those kinds of things. So. Yes. And since you mentioned Druid, and this is called These Go to Eleven, I'm sorry, but the, the, the Stone End scene. Yeah, I've gone right there with yes. a, a long time ago, there was a group called the Druids. Nobody knew just who they were or what they were doing. Uh, uh, fantastic. Well, I can't repeat a lot of the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, in, in choosing that title, we thought we have to editorially select that very, very carefully. But, uh, oh yeah, classic. 
It was mm-hmm. just great with the, I guess, the PC terms more, I guess, little people, if you will. Oh, right. Yeah. Running around the tiny stone edge. <laughs> the stone edge. The size of my sneakers. Um, yeah. Remember where they're great. having the post thing in the restaurant or, you know, whatever. It's like, Look, I did these to your exact specifications. <laughs> yeah. And um, he said, this is what, what Ian said. Well, you're not paid to be as confused as Ian, are you? <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Uh, Actually, that's a movie to evangelize about. Yeah. 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 Uh, Gosh. Actually, it's funny, too, because earlier I was struggling, like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to be talking about here? Because I've actually never done a podcast, for the record, for everybody here. I mean, I talk way too much as it is. Ask Nathan. but No, um, dude. It's great. (laughs) But I've never done one. I'm actually going to be doing two within a week here. Um, Really? Yeah. Well, a buddy of mine does, I guess... uh, I want to say Adam does a Duke-based one. It's college basketball-focused, sports-focused. Sure. He's kind of evolving it right now to do you know broader coverage because he's really pushing to get himself into um, – basically, he's trying to get into media, trying to do radio stuff. He's gone back to school now. Um, so he's trying to major in electronic media and film with a focus on you know radio and things of that nature. So he's really been getting better. He's actually been getting – some decently big names in the sports world to come on and chat with him for wow. an hour and do the interview thing too. Um, I'm coming in more of as a uh, lighthearted, you know, chit chat about basketball. We'll talk yeah. about beer and stuff like that with him because he's going to have like a kind of a easier going one before the NCAA tournament starts. Yeah. So it's just going to be kind of coming in talking about maybe like you know beers from Carolinas and things of that nature. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I'll be getting into that too, and we'll see where that actually takes us. T- tell us when that's on, Jar, because we can we can link that right. And yeah. So one of our guests is also on another podcast. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and, love um, that stuff, man. Adam, I'll get the information to you, Nathan, though, yeah. too, because Adam's quite a bit. He's at Adam Comaro Duke on Twitter. If anybody wants to action, it's Comaro C O M A R O W, literally spelled that way. Awesome. Um, but yeah, he, he's a huge Duke fan. Of course, I know that probably doesn't fly very well in this region That's that we're right. sitting in right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's avid Duke fan. Um, I mean, if you want to read analysis about Duke or anything for that matter, that he actually posts or even talks about. Um, it's incredible. It's, um, awesome. it's not just a fan talking about like, oh, that play was horrible. There were referee idiots. I mean, he'll break down plays. He'll talk about you know where this coach coached, why this kid is flourishing with this coach. I mean, he'll go through the whole nine. He'll uncover every stone and talk about wow. every little last aspect of it. Yeah, he's great. That's cool. Best friend of mine too for years now. At this point, he was a guy I met in college years ago. And we just stayed friends over the years. Yeah, um, yeah. Jar, so, if if you can, if I can request when you're on that. Just ask him what he thinks of Maryland's chances in the in the tournament. <laughs> sure, yeah, because no. I think they have exceeded <laughs> expectations. I, I feel like have they gone to the end of their they luck, have. talent? Um, I don't know. But I mean, uh, the Wisconsin win was huge. That was I mean, incredible. Top ten ranking right now. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't have thought of that. You know, a couple of years ago with Maryland basketball, especially with the notion they were getting out of the ACC and going to the Big Ten, there was yeah. like, talks about you know what's going to happen there. Big Ten's a bigger, you know, it's a bigger conference. You're dealing with bigger schools, but I mean they've flourish this year for that incredible incredible i think a lot of it's been the recruiting has gotten incredibly better over the years i mean i'm a casual fan of basketball i went to towson so i mean i don't have a lot to hang my hat on as far as college basketball (laughs) same here here. um which towson does have a very reasonably good team sure i mean they're caa though so they're smaller division um school but yeah i mean the recruiting has been great i mean Melo trimble's playing great basketball oh he's incredible um i mean hell jake layman is like he almost like doesn't realize how good he is i am convinced layman does not know how good he is yeah every time you watch him you almost want him to believe what we see yeah because when he shines it man he's phenomenal Mm -hmm. yeah i mean so they've kind of 
just suddenly found themselves this season, and it's been great run. Again, I'm not huge into it. We're catching it at work. We're watching yeah, the game season. Sure. The boss wants to turn it on. The other guys at work want to turn it on. And I mean, I'm seeing a little bit on at night when I'm sitting on my couch and have that you know small window of free time on my yeah. hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they've they've done a heck of a job this year. So I mean, I'll ask them. Yeah, yeah Adam doesn't really get like patronized too much. Like. Or uh, I guess uh, it's hard to rile him up. Let's sure, that sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know how to push his buttons being friends with him that long. Yeah. But, I mean, something like that won't really get him tickled too much. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask you, uh, JR, it, when, when you were saying, because uh, this helps me. I mean, just, just to give you my background, I was raised in an agnostic home. Mm-hmm. Uh, great parents. I mean, wonderful parents. And, and, you know, they're still living. They're down the road in Parkville. My dad's oh, come into your store or soon to be <laughs> X store many times. He'll seek out Nathan for craft beer advice now but um you know i i was like in third grade and you know growing up maryland every kid that you talk to went to like ccd you know because it you know maryland yeah, was yeah. a catholic well, colony and, around kids too yeah oh my, sure i sure. grew up in an italian neighborhood too so everybody oh. went to saint anne's the local church there as a matter of fact i went to preschool there yeah as yeah a kid. like we had to i think we had to kind of lie about our faith right. <laughs> <laughs> we do that all, no i shouldn't say that. Yeah. Um, well, i think my parents did on the application if anything let's yeah that yeah um, no no same here i played in the uh in the saint ursula soccer league you know okay, the, yeah. the church that was there in in parkville it's minute from where my parents live. I remember going home when I was in third grade and I, it's so weird asking my dad, I said, dad, like, what are we? And he said, well, you know, what do you mean? I said, like, what's our church or religion? Cause I had never been to church. Sure. And so he said we were agnostic. Of course, you know, I have no category for what that means. And, uh, but then I thought it was the coolest thing cause you know, I learned it a little bit. So kids would bust it out. Oh, I'm Catholic. I'm Lutheran. I'm Methodist. I'm Baptist, whatever. And I would say, I'm agnostic. And they would say, what is that? I'm like, I don't know, but that's what I am. Uh, so that's that's pretty much what I was. And then when I was a teenager, I started to understand it a little bit more. Um, the guy that talked to me about the Christian faith, my friend Matt, who's been a guest on here, he was our first guest, right? Yeah, I think yeah. he'll be on here next week. Yeah. Um, he, uh, great guy, you know, grew up in my neighborhood in Parkville, and we, we met through a mutual friend. And I look back at it like it was a friendship uh, first and he talked to me about his faith from an experiential standpoint not like a proclamation standpoint sure. you know it wasn't okay. like he was on his couch preaching hellfire and brimstone at me he was just <laughs> yeah. telling me about like who Jesus was to him what Christ was to him and I mean it's hard to say I was only 14 or 15 at that time mm-hmm. um, but I think at some level I was appreciating that he was giving me his narrative his sure, story yeah. and it didn't it didn't feel like Hey, I'm pushing this on you, and you need to decide A or B, and uh, I'll treat you accordingly. Well, sure. I mean, well, that's a depth of relationship thing, though, too. I think too is like when you're sharing things with friends and family and stuff like that. Like the more of the, like that's a piece of him that yeah. he was sharing with you too. Yeah. So, I mean, if yeah. anything, that was just big for your guys' relationship in sure. general too. So I mean, that probably touched you in a couple of different ways, not just his story of how he came into it too, but that's a person-to-person kind of interaction that yeah. like, you hold a little bit truer. Especially, yeah, sorry, Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get closer to the mic. I hope everybody just heard what I was spitting out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's something that I think that, you know, brings people closer together when you share those things with someone, um, much like all of us working together at the store. I mean, like, you could go to work and just, you know, put the stuff on the shelves and, you know, ring people up and call it a day at the end of the day. But when you're close in contact with people, eventually you do break down a little bit, bring down some of those walls and start sharing things and you grow closer to people. Yeah. Um, I mean, basically everybody we work with for that matter, I mean, from Nathan to, um, 
you know, well, the the other manager to a lesser extent, <laughs> the one who shall not be named. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but even yeah. the younger kids that are working there too. Terry, who just left, me and her became incredibly close over time. Squared's a great kid, younger mm-hmm. kid. Alex, who's he's underage, not twenty one yet too. But I mean, there's a lot of like interaction there too. And I mean, I'm I'm older. I'm thirty two. I'm like well over a decade plus on some of these guys. Um, but at the same time, there's still a lot of uh, similarities, though, too, um, to all of it. You know, sure. There's still something we can share. We can see eye to eye on certain things. Yeah. Um, it's just the, that freaking texting and everything, though, too. Everybody just can't get out of their phone anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't really use a cell phone until I was in high school, and that was just a big clunky thing that I tried not to actually ever pick up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's weird. Have you ever uh, noticed this? I see this all the time, like in a mall, White Marsh Mall. Lisa and I talk about this all the time. You'll see a group of like eight kids hanging out at the mall like we all did when we were in high school. Yeah, and they're walking with each other and they're not talking to each other. Yep. Yeah. They're, they're literally <laughs> texting friends and some people tell me, like Sam, who's, you know, my daughter who's 16, I said, Sam, what are they doing? She goes, sometimes they're texting people right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> why? Uh, yeah, we'll have to do another podcast just on that subject. I know. Oh, uh, yeah, we could go off on that one too. Especially, <laughs> yeah. I know I can for that matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what would you say, JR? Like, honestly, what... Um, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Maybe hang-ups isn't the best word. Um, what would be sort of a intellectual, um, moral, ethical obstacle for you in believing um, Christianity? Because I know, Nathan, you have talked about this you know, for a lot, sure. just had good conversations about it. Like, you know, I know that's a hard thing to sort of categorize, but you know, take yeah, a stab at well, it. Well, I mean... I- I wouldn't necessarily say I characterize it as, you know, not believing necessarily. I mean, there is that component of faith in there, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's something about where we live in this world that... And also, too, I mean, just as far as our human intelligence can go, there's much out there that we cannot wrap our heads around. Mm -hmm. Um, And, again, I don't want to say it's like a lack of belief or not believing. I mean, mainly... I would, if anything, call it there's obstacles to me joining into organized religion. Okay. Um, is really what it comes down to mostly. Um, yeah. It's not that I don't, you know, of course, we all call out for God in crisis or, yeah. or when you stub your toe or something like yeah. that, especially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, those things have always, they've been evident in my life. I mean, I did attend church, I was, you know, baptized, confirmed. Um, after confirmation, I mean, let's face it, that's almost a graduation in a sense for some people. Sure, I didn't yeah. mean to treat it that way. No, no, um, I understand. But it was sort of treated that way in a sense, though, too. And I mean, again, my family wasn't hugely religious. I think my mom felt internally like she needed to bring us to church mm-hmm. and needed to have us doing that because almost like she felt she wouldn't, like she would be failing if she didn't bring that in. Yeah. Um, mom's a wonderful woman, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> so in case, so just dad. in case she's listening. So sad, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if my mom could figure out the computer yeah. enough to find us <laughs> in the first place. Yeah. She's a wonderful woman, but yeah, yeah. we're not going to have her go there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it was her, I think, in my mind now, looking back, was she felt like she needed to bring that into us. Um, yeah. And I mean, you know, for us, it was, oh, man, I got to go there on Sunday. You know, it was kind of a drag in a sense, too. Yeah. But I mean, again, you develop friends, and I learned quite a bit. And I mean, I've always approached things with from an intellectual perspective as far as just, you know, looking at it, reading it, taking it in for what it is, not so much like trying to take the abstract meaning that someone else is trying to give me, but just taking it in and digesting it myself yeah. in a sense. Um, but again, the hangups, I mean, I touched on some of them earlier with, you know, sitting in the church with the gaudy, you know, the windows, the gold, the everything, you know, again, to me, I've spent a lot of time and actually, actually, I should probably, you know, 
I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but I should probably mention this, maybe a disclaimer, if you will. I did spend a lot of time in like religion courses and stuff in college. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm-hmm. funny enough, on 9-11, I was walking to my world religion course. Wow. Um, and all that was happening on that walk. Yeah. Because um, I think it was a 9 a.m. class. So at 8.50, I had yeah. left my dorm. Yeah, yeah. And shortly thereafter, probably by the time I got to the bottom of the, um, by the time the elevator got me to the bottom floor there, is probably when planes started hitting and everything too. And yeah. Um, so, I mean, that actually kind of brought a component into me too, where I started looking at religions around the world, not just Christian faiths, but, you know, looking at, you know, Islam and then, you know, other things too. We touched, I mean, Buddhism, Hinduism, those things weren't as top of mind at the time. Um, but of course these things happening in the world were, you know, really penetrated me and I really started looking at them and trying to develop an understanding of, Basically, where everybody's coming from, yeah, in a sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, again, if, I mean, I don't want to deviate too much from your question, so I want to make sure I answer it properly. But again, it really, a lot of it came down to was, you know, is this really the way they wanted it? Because I mean, mm. I had read a lot of the Bible. Um, I won't sit here and act like I've read every, you know, cover to cover and sure. everything. I've read quite a bit of it, and more so than people that are, you know, I guess uh, as an like an agnostic, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I hesitate to define myself in any sense. Sure, sure. Um, also, too, because I like a little bit of wiggle room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, but subscribing to any f- particular faith, to me, um, it's almost like choosing a political party. Hmm. Um, so, if anything, I choose to identify myself as an independent in the world of religion. Interesting, um, yeah. At least yeah. as far as Christianity goes, because if anything, that's, of course, where I'm shading mostly. Sure. Even though, too, I mean, as far as I know... Christ, all these religions, or at least the ones we're talking about too, have developed off of each other from Judaism into Christianity into Islam. I mean, they've all kind of had components mm-hmm. from yeah. one to the next. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know who's right or wrong. Yeah. Um, albeit, if you are subscribing to any of those faiths, you probably do have some sort of component of we're right. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it just comes down to a lot of that, though, too. There's almost an exclusionary component to joining any of these things hmm. where you almost become part of that wall for people yeah and i've never wanted to be part of that wall for people i've rather just have taken things in i mean with me and my wife not baptizing our child i mean she never grew up really i, I don't even actually katie really didn't go to church very much i know she was you know i think she was catholic so mm-hmm. she got um what is that uh when you're like 13 and Confirm. uh confirmed we'll confirmed confirm. or what, communion your first, oh, communion. Oh, communion. first all, communion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all yeah. that kind of stuff i yeah. mean we didn't have that in the church i grew up in too but me and her, I guess, have, like I said, have maybe been somewhat jaded by different things over the years. Um, and it's tough. Like, I mean, there's things like, you know, I can't remember what I'm watching that turns off and suddenly 700 Club turns on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what your guys' opinions are on those, but I'll throw it out there. That dude's effing nuts. Yeah, um, yeah that's a whole separate podcast, right? Yeah, now, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we could probably cover a couple hours yeah. just on that one alone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you run into those types of things, those kind of referencing to not wanting to be exclusionary and not maybe jumping into religions and you know choosing a path that maybe you're going to find yourself halfway down that path or however far down that path and say well you know i really don't agree with that and then what do you do transfer religions like you know what i'm going to be a baptist now uh-huh. or, you know this Lutheran yeah. stuff doesn't work and i like what the methodist guy is doing over yeah. there too that sounds cool so i mean again it's kind of like that choosing is almost like a determination that I'm not ready to make. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, may never be able to make. Right. Um, I do like where I sit right now as far as just trying to treat every 
person I come across in a manner in which I would want to be treated. Sure. Of course, we all have our bad days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I can be a little bit of a jerk sometimes. Nathan's seen it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, again, it's nothing that I've against it or not necessarily not believing. It's just um, it's that commitment component to some of it. And I, I believe in Catholicism. There's actually a special circle of hell for people like me yeah. um, based on that. Uh, <clears throat> So, yeah, I mean, again, it's just nothing I don't want to throw myself into and find myself not agreeing with things, but still continuing with them anyway, because I'm part of that team. Sure. Sure. Well. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's not like I'm reading the Bible or everything, but again, I still approach life every day in a sense of loving one another and treating your fellow man properly right. and, right. you know, taking care of everybody. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this, JR, if you, um, trying to think how how to phrase it. Cause I'm, I'm thinking of sort of how I was raised and here. I, I mean, I, if you would come to me, man, when I was 15, 16 years of, of age and told me I'd be a pastor and telling people every week, you know, the Bible says this about this topic, <laughs> this about, I mean, one, I had a terrible speech impediment. Um, you know, nobody believes this, Nathan, as you know, that, that knows me now, but I never talked, um, <laughs> which people think, come on, man, that's all you ever do is talk. And, uh, you know, I get paid to talk, which is weird. Um, I mean, sometimes I just pinch myself for it. And, and this is what I think, um, JR, and I, I'll throw this out to you because I'd like to get your perspective on this. The thing that I find, at least this is for me, the, the hardest pill for me to swallow, and I find it when I talk to people all the time, a lot about Christianity is compelling to people. You know, the the, the love demonstrated in the life of Jesus, you sure. know, his tenderness, his kindness. Um, obviously, and you've referenced many times what's been called the golden rule, basically, which is not just unique to Christianity. I mean, you can find that in some of the, oh, um, yeah, absolutely. It's some of the, across the board. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, C.S. Lewis has a book called the abolition of man and that, uh, appendix is worth its weight in gold because he basically takes all these, uh, famous proverbs that you assume are biblical. And then he cites, oh, this is from an Egyptian source. This is from a Norse Code. Sure, this yeah. is from yeah. you know Hammurabi's code, and it, and it shows he argues, of course, that there's a a sense in which God has placed a conscience in, so in in all men and women, so that in cultures you'll find generally people aren't so big on murder, generally people aren't so big on <laughs> you know enough. stealing um, <laughs> that we have this innate sense in us, and he talks about that. So I think that stuff is, is there. To me, the hardest pill to swallow. I'm just laying it out there. Was uh, my friend Matt. Uh, would share with me and I'd say, yeah, um, I hear what you're saying, but what if I don't accept Christ as Savior? You know, and if I maybe hold him at a distance, I respect him. Um, I'd say Christianity's probably most unique claim is that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And I'm curious how that sits with you. If I say something like that, Nathan, Mm -hmm. how does that sit with you? And just tell me flat out. Uh, Well, I mean, I guess the initial reaction is like, Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> He's the only way, huh? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would, not like I disagree with anything that Jesus was all about, um, yeah. but I mean, I guess there's that certain amount of like submission to it in mm-hmm. a sense where, I get, and again, maybe this like leads back towards some of the trepidations of joining any kind of like organized church, if you will, or anything of that nature. Um, excuse me while I'm like kind of stumbling through my thoughts here. No, no, it's um, great. Again, you, you can ask Nathan, I do this all the time. Um, uh, how do I want to put this here without, well, I'm not trying to like not make myself sound crazy or anything, but I guess it's, uh, it's something that like I maybe have trouble grasping, mm-hmm. um, because I don't, 
again, me and Nathan touched on something too. Like we come at things from different perspectives. Like, whereas I'm thinking about something from one perspective, be it these conversations and religion and Jesus and everything for Nathan, it's a strong faith mm-hmm. for me. It's a part of my thoughts Yeah. right now. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of things that come into play with that. I mean, take, for instance, my um, brother, who was an alcoholic, um, mm. who unfortunately has passed away a few years ago at this point. Um, Man, I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> we, we won't get into all that right now. Yeah, but, um, yeah. But, like, I know when he was in AA and stuff like that, though, too, like, he went from, like, from the guy I knew, having grown up. I mean, me and him weren't always great and buddies or anything like that. In fact, we had a quite the... Um, uh, I guess tumultuous relationship as mm-hmm. brothers. Um, when I saw him like having those troubles um, with alcohol, which I, you know, just real quick, I don't think it was so much like the addiction issue. It was other issues he was using alcohol to battle. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which is probably a lot of cases for people that are of like that. Sure. I mean, but it was that guy that I knew who wasn't always the religious one, who was never the one to like be wanting to go to church and everything. But then I see him going through those troubles and suddenly, you know, he's carrying a Bible around. He's, you know, consulting with pastors and priests and things of that nature too. So for me, it was a little bit different. It was like, well, um, I guess this comes into a lot of things too. And like the psychology of the two of us and how we grew up and everything. I mean, wonderful parents but home life wasn't always easy growing up too so there was almost like a self-preservation built into the both of us Mm -hmm. over time Mm -hmm. and to see him submitting in a sense like that though too it just seemed odd to me because it's always been like we're on our own we're doing this on our own kind of thing yeah um so again there's like other pieces of this that come in it's not just like religious perspective it's also personal experiences and things like that yeah um so I guess, I mean, if anything, like getting back to the original question though too about submitting to Jesus and everything like that, um, I guess for me looking at this notion of submission, um, I guess the word is loaded a little bit, um, in general. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, I mean, yes, getting down on your knees, but you know, it's not somebody twisting your arm saying uncle or anything like that <laughs> yeah. either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> I don't know what that was, Nathan, but it was weird. <laughs> computer's Nathan doing funny things here. Yeah. yeah, either there, the computer just didn't like what I was saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say it doesn't sit well with me. Um, but I mean, maybe there's a certain discomfort in thinking of, you know, letting myself go and everything. Because I've always, again, you know, that self-preservation, that efficiency of yourself. And, you know, you are the one to take care of yourself. Um, I get it. To me, it's sort of a foreign concept. Sure. In a way. Sure. Um, and truly, it's almost like a different language to speak yeah. in a sense. And I mean, that's over time. I mean, I've definitely like thought more about these things, having worked with Nathan and stuff like that, where I'm talking more about it because in the rest of my life and my friends and coworkers and everything else, it's not something I'm talking about and bring it up. So it's definitely been more of a thoughtful year or so having worked with you. Um, but just from my sheer interest in things in general, sure, we've definitely explored a lot of different things. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's not like I'm joining a church anytime soon or anything sure, like sure. that. Sure, um, sure. But if anything, though, too, I still think about it a little more consciously now. Um, maybe the decisions you make, you think about like, oh, yeah, he's not going to like that while you're looking up into the sky. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, having some close friends and family members, especially my brother, too, and like passing away and things like that. that that's, of course, too, when you're thinking about things more. You're sure. thinking about your mortality and everything like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. No, thank you, Jerry. Hope that's I great. kind of helps. No, it does. That's, okay. That's great. Yeah. No, and, and, you know, really appreciate you taking the time to 
to come out here and uh, and join us and just speak with us and um, you Thanks know for just, inviting me. <laughs> just getting yeah, um, great, getting your perspective on everything you know before we came in here um, we were we were having a great discussion on beer and then you know beginning of the podcast talking about beer so you know the next time we have a uh, beer focused podcast yeah you know, oh, I'll wanna, be your guy yeah. man yeah. absolutely. <laughs> So, um, so appreciate it so much. Thank you for coming on. Um, we're going to go ahead and sign off now. So, yeah, but uh, thank you, Greg. And thank you, Nathan. So it's been a wonderful experience. Actually. No, I'm yeah. glad you, we, we, yeah. we can't wait to have you back. That was yeah, fun. <laughs> absolutely. So signing off now, Greg, we just rocked the Casbah. Consider the Casbah rocked. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. These go to 11.